to More Than a Game, our new weekly podcast with Sean Whittinghill. <laughs> I, I, I really am hesitant to like put a, uh, I'm hesitant to put a number or a time frame on this. Roughly whenever we feel like it, and Sean's got the time and I got the time, we'll sit down and discuss an issue that might have something to do with student-athletes, the student-athlete experience, uh, student-athlete lifestyle, or strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, or threats to the student-athlete way of life. I am Colby Wilson. He is Sean Whittinghill. I will be uh, moving it along, but mostly you'll be hearing his thoughts. i got to write that down. That was actually a half-decent intro to come up with on the spot. For our daily podcast. Our Okay. (laughs) One, I'd run out of topics quickly. Two, I I don't know what your week looks like, but mine, no, Bailey's not happening. This week, we're going to cover something that may be unique to one particular football player, but is something that also touches on a lot of issues that all student-athletes, if they play sports long (laughs) enough, will have to come across and that's Andrew Luck's decision to retire from the NFL at the age of 29 due to recurring repeated and debilitating injuries Sean I think you're in a unique position to comment on this because you're someone who's dealt with injury a lot throughout the course of your career what do you think of Luck's decision I mean I completely understand his decision Uh, I mean injuries take a lot out of you not only physically but mentally emotionally all of that. So, I mean, it's a it's a difficult process having to deal with an injury, recover to get back, then get another injury, recover to get back from that, and then that just that process continues on and on and on. It takes a lot out of you, and it really, I mean, it really just sends you kind of like down a downward spiral, and you never really get back to 100%. I mean, you may get back to 100% physically if you are dedicated to your rehab, but emotionally uh, mentally you're always thinking about that in the back of your mind so how little does the average person know about what it takes to get on the field every week (laughs) very little I mean if you're not a part of the process whether that meaning that you are a student athlete a coach someone that's in the athletic department uh, a parent sibling of someone or in a relationship with someone that's a student athlete uh, you really don't understand the process you know especially football it's not only just practice that gets you out there. I mean, you, of course, you have all your meetings, and uh, for players like in my position or how Andrew Luck was doing, you have your rehab every single day, twice a day, sometimes three times a day, and it's it really takes a lot to get back on the field. And I think that was the biggest thing for me during this last game at North or against North Carolina Central. I was kind of just overwhelmed with emotion because after my first couple plays, you know, I made a couple tackles, and only thing I could think about was the year-long process of getting back on the field and it was very difficult and it felt like I was going through hell to get back to that spot um, but it like it really just means a lot just to get out there every week and it's just it's been a daily process to get out on the field this week and that's for any student athlete. How lonely is that when your teammates are practicing going to meetings lifting together training together doing everything together you're isolated over here rehabbing yeah. You're, Mitch is your best friend because that's who you're dealing with. Coach Mitch. Coach Mitch, every <laughs> single day, that's who you're dealing with to try to get back on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's very lonely because, you know, I'm here to get an education. Student athletes are all here to get an education, but at the same time, we're here to play the sport that, you know, we're on the team to play for. And so when you're not doing that, that feels like a big part of you is missing. 
So that was the biggest thing for me through all my injuries um, was having to sit there on the sideline and watch my teammates, not only in the games, but during practice. My first injury, you know, was what, three years ago, and I just had to sit on the sideline at practice and watch my teammates. And as much as a lot of people hate practice, it's still, I think the worst thing was sitting there and watch my teammates struggle and strain through practice while I'm sitting there just sitting. And I feel bad because I'm like, man, somebody's having to take all of my reps because my body's not healthy. And that kind of motivated me to, you know, come back as fast as I could. But I think the hardest was this past season after this ACL tear. Um, a part of the recovery process for me was getting in as much rehab and treatment as I could. So when my teammates were outside practicing, I was inside doing rehab and I didn't even get to see them for most of practice. So then it's just me inside of there with a trainer and we're just going over my rehab and it kind of just gets, I mean, you get really close with that trainer because it's just one-on-one -on -one time with you and them. And But you know, I really want to be around my teammates. And so for us student athletes that have gone through that, it's a very difficult, lonely process. How do you avoid being a taker of energy when when that happens? How, because you know people talk about you're a giver of energy, or you're a taker of energy. You're always a giver of energy whenever I talk to you. But at the same time, like when that, when you have that isolating process and it's you and you're on the sideline day after day after day, how do you remain a positive force on the team? It's hard and it is a process. Uh, I remember when I first had my very first injury in college my sophomore year the first couple weeks after that i was definitely a taker of energy and i was i kind of sucked the energy out of the air and i had to have you know some people talk to me just be like hey man like i understand you're going through this difficult process i guess it's not easy for anybody but you can't allow this to you know just take everybody's energy around you still got to be a positive influence and them talking to me that made me realize like man they're right uh, that is, you know, something good, not only just for this part of my life, but for life in general. Uh, always don't allow your circumstances to dictate your actions, your behavior, things like that. And so that's something I, you know, have kind of instilled in me. And I mean, it's it's hard. There's still days where, you know, like with, with this past injury I had where I'm like, man, like, I'm so upset. Like, this is so depressing. Like, I don't I don't want to smile. I don't want to do that. But at the same time. You know, if your behavior, if anything that you do is not something that's going to help improve yourself or everybody else, it really doesn't have any room for you in your life. And that's something that I've actually said to my teammates. You know, if you don't, if what you're doing is not a championship mentality, championship action, something that's drawing us closer together, something that's making us closer as a team, then it's negativity and we don't have room for it. It needs to go. And I think that's just with any aspect of life. You've been presented with injuries that could have cut short your career entirely. What kept you coming back? I mean, I had a lot of advice from very close members of my inner circle, some teammates, some coaches, pastors, family members, friends. Um, and just talking to them, being able to talk to somebody through all of that really helped out a lot. When you try to do anything by yourself, it becomes harder. Uh, I'm a big, you know, I've said it several times, community. I'm a big community person. So just having my community close to me where I can just talk to them, come to them about anything has really helped a lot. But a real driving force for me, really my whole life, has been not becoming a statistic. And that's with anything. You know, I've had some circumstances, the circumstances where I had growing up, 
Uh, I could have easily been a statistic where I just wasn't, you know, quote unquote successful, however you define that. Um, maybe not graduating high school, maybe not going to college. Uh, not getting out, whatever. Yeah, not getting yeah. out. And what, like, the crazy thing about that is why I say being a statistic is if that happens, most of the people that, you know, I was close with back home wouldn't be surprised. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense why he didn't do that, you know, another statistic. Uh, being somebody who's been dealt with all these injuries, it makes sense. Like, oh, okay, well, no wonder he, you know, hung it up. No wonder he quit because, I mean, he's dealing with all these injuries. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And I didn't want to be that just another statistic where, like, oh, he hung it up. I wanted to, like, write my own history, uh, do my own things. So that's another driving force in my community and then just not being a statistic. When do you get over the fear of bad injury luck being permanent? Or do you get over that fear? It It's person to person. It just depends. Um, for me, I think I'm at that point where, luckily for me, uh, I've dealt with them before, and i you know still recovering. Uh, but I'm not scared to go out there and play. Because at the end of the day, any play can be your last play. Any you know rep you take can be your very last rep ever. So I just try to give my all. And that's just something that has taken time. Um, you know, when you first come back from an injury, you're very hesitant at first. You're like, oh, I don't want to get injured. But the more you do, you know, reps using that body part, the more comfortable you get. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's personally for me. I can't speak on everyone because I know there are people who um, are, you know, uh, maybe even a year after their recovery process and they're still hesitant. So I can't really speak on that because I don't know how they feel, but I know that there are people like that. Um, and that's just, I think, one of those things where you need to reach out to somebody who, like a sports psychologist, someone who can help you out through that process. But it's very important to get back to a point where you're comfortable using your body because the more hesitant you are, the more likely you are to get injured again. So you know, I think it's important that you do get back to that point. But I've definitely been blessed to where I don't really worry about it so much. When you have an injury, what do you feel like you owe the program when it comes to pushing through? You know, I think it depends on the program. Uh, some places might not have many resources or the people uh, that really take the time to invest in you. Luckily for me, uh, just being here at Austin P, I think I've, I've just been blessed with a great training staff that really cares about us. And, you know, Mitch is amazing. He sat there by my side. He's uh, anytime I needed to call him, suffering through something like recovering from a surgery, he's always been there. He'll come over, give me the stuff I need, whatever. Like he's just been amazing, and I feel like I owe a lot personally to Austin P and the strength, the training staff here, the football uh, coaching staff, the athletic department, just for the resources that are here for me uh, that have allowed me to push through these injuries. Uh, but like I said, though, for other schools, they might not have that. So for those players, they might not really owe much to them, but for somebody that's in my position where you have those resources, I feel like you owe a lot to those people. Would that discussion change on a professional level where all of a sudden it's not as it's not as intensely personal? You're not playing for you're not playing for your education, <coughs> so to speak. You you don't develop the same bonds that you would with the people around here. It's just money at that point. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't really know. I can't really speak on it just because I don't know that process of being a professional athlete in that situation. But I would assume that it would be different just because of every point that you made. Uh, you know, at that point, it's, it really is a business. 
and your product is your body and if your body's not fully well a lot of times you get cut because you're you're damaged goods you know yeah. quote unquote so you know i don't know i guess it would be different i just don't really know so how does your bond with your teammates factor into this equation that was the biggest thing um because i really you know like i said earlier about andrew luck's decision i understand and i say that because after this past injury there was about a three or four month period where i made up in my mind that i was not going to come back I was like, this is it. This is the last straw. I can't do it. But like I said, just talking to my people, but also just thinking about my teammates, it just made me realize I can't, like, I can't go out here and just not finish up my career. Cause like, I felt like I'd be letting my teammates down because I feel like at once you're in the college at this level, uh, particularly just from my experience, it's a very personal relationship that you have with, your teammates and whatnot. And like, I don't look at this as, oh, this is just a stepping stone to get to my next career. Like, this is something I've invested in. Obviously, I've invested a lot into this just with the injuries I've uh, been dealt with. But this is very personal. And I, you know, I love my teammates. I'm very close with my teammates. Uh, so they really probably played the biggest factor into, you know, me coming back and me just wanting to see the success that we can have this season or my last season uh just you know with my team i love those guys have you guys in the locker room discussed the andrew luck situation and how injury may affect quality of life down the line yeah uh the day that, the day after you know the news broke out the first thing so i don't even know i don't remember who said it the first thing somebody said to me was dang sean you gonna andrew luck us <laughs> i was like come <laughs> on man like, don't, man. don't do me like that of course, you know, just had to laugh that off. But, you know, some uh, a lot of people have talked about it. Most people understand uh, where he's coming from. Uh, just being an athlete, like, you understand the toll that it takes on your body, uh, especially those who have been injured. They understand, you know, where he's coming from. Some – that doesn't mean everybody understands. Some people have negative opinions about it and whatnot. But for the most part, most people that I talk to on my team in the locker room about it, they, you know, they understood where he was coming from. Do you think race plays a factor in any of this, that if Andrew Luck was not a white guy, if he was an African-American, that in place of doing what's right for himself or what he feels is right for himself and his family, that he would be labeled as selfish? Um, I think it just depends on, you know, where, where you're from, honestly. But I think the biggest thing is I think your socioeconomic status is what plays the bigger factor in this just looking like you know where Andrew Luck comes from what he has what he has to go back to he's not he's not missing out at all by yeah. not playing football he made a business yeah but you know for somebody who doesn't didn't come from that background like yeah then I could see how that would play a, a major factor in that decision what about timing if he'd done this in June rather than August yeah. does, is there less of a backlash I think so and I <laughs> so I think the biggest thing is uh you know, just a after this news breaking, you know, going on Twitter, Facebook, seeing all these things about Andrew Luck, I just saw a lot of hate towards him, especially because people are like, oh, I just drafted him in my fantasy draft. So seeing that. Those people, yeah. I mean, that's that's like the dregs of humanity. Like, how did you do this to my fantasy team? Like, yeah. buddy, come on, let's prioritize this. Exactly. And so that's my biggest thing is I think, you know, that just goes to show that a lot of times if you're an athlete, you aren't looked at as a human 
you know, as a person, just like whoever drafted them on their fantasy team, but you're more looked at as you're a number. Yeah. And just somebody whose sole benefit in life or sole purpose in life is to benefit the fan. And I think that played a big part into why there's so much backlash. If he did, like you said, if he did this in June or, you know, earlier in the spring or something, I don't think it'd be, he'd still face backlash, but it wouldn't be as bad because people wouldn't have drafted him on their fantasy team and they wouldn't see him as an issue. In his situation with millions in the bank, a burgeoning family, and a healthy degree to fall back on, what do you do? The same exact thing. No no question? No, yeah. It's the same thing because, like I said, he has he's not losing anything except for the camaraderie with his teammates and, you know, the status of being the quarterback that he was. But he's not, he's not missing out on anything other than that by not playing ball. I mean, he has money to rely on. He has a, a great degree to rely on from a great school. Uh, he's got a good family. I mean, why continue to injure myself and to continue to just damage my body for later on in life when I have all this stuff? You know what I mean? So that's I would do the same exact thing as he did. All right. Any final thoughts on this? <sighs> no, that's really it. I said everything I got to <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we don't do segues on this show. So, uh, Sean, appreciate it. Always appreciate your thoughts. And uh, we'll do this. I don't know. Next Every week, day, next twice week. a day. I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> not in for two a days. And okay. after whatever, 17 years of them now, you probably shouldn't be in on two a days either. <laughs> All 17 years. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Tell me where you are.